With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome back to the Axon Bulletin. It is Tuesday afternoon. It is the trio. We're all back again. Lawrence, our first time on since New Year. How was it? Did you have a good time? Listen, it was good, but there's no football. It's terrible, you know. Uh, good start to transfer window. Yeah, mm. uh, interesting. You know, we've added Kenny since the, since then as well. So it'll be interesting how it progresses if we move anyone out or anyone else in. But. Can't wait to, to get back playing football. The rumour is the fans will be back. We're going to face Hibs, who have two ones under their belt, under Maloney. Uh, let's hope uh, we hold uh, their good one of form. Yeah, we'll have a wee look ahead to that game because um, we'll be on the day after. We play Hibs, hopefully we're, we're at that game on that Monday evening at Celtic Park. Um, Patrick, that was very welcome news. The, the tweet, obviously, we've not heard from the First Minister as of yet. I think that's expected to come about 2, 2.15, but it was welcome news that we've got Colin Mackay, Raman Bajwa, Nick Herdley as well, and some other high-profile journalists tweeting out that it is expected that we're going to get full capacity back. So it looks as if the, the move to move the winter break forward by the 10 clubs that voted on it was a good decision. Um, it kind of leaves a bit of egg in the face for the other two that just thought, let's continue to keep playing games, didn't it? Yeah, and you could see what was happening there. You know, they were they had two tough games, both those clubs, and they didn't want the home fans in, and they wanted to try and take advantage. And it was never going to work, never going to work because it it wasn't to a majority's advantage, and the the majority ended up siding with our fans, and that was I think that was the right decision because now we only had the Boxing Day games with five hundred people. Um, we're now going to get the rest of the fixtures, hopefully with full capacity crowds. Um, and just good to be going back to the football again. Mm. Yeah, Lawrence, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on this are yourself. I don't think it would be anywhere near as bad as 
last season in terms of our preparation going into games and how we play bind. If it was closed doors of 500 fans, but I think without having a big crowd behind us, it would really, really affect us. I, I do think that we, we played later be a big big crowd and the crowds behind us, you've seen that in games this season. The players really feed off that energy. Yeah, but listen, definitely. I think Ange has covered it the best, hasn't he? You know, he wants to play football in, in front of fans. You know, I imagine your desires to play games of football without fans there. Really, what's the point? It's, you know, football's the fans. So, yeah, I think the team definitely feed off it. We, you know, we give them a lift. Uh, you know, in the League Cup final, I thought, you know, we were flagging about in the last 10 minutes and the fans kind of really rallied, you know. So, you know, we definitely play better uh, with fans in a stadium. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all want to go and watch games. That's the bottom line, is it? We all want to go and see Celtic. Yeah, I think a, a very famous man, Patrick, said football without the fans is nothing. Um, depending on what club it is, you interpret who says that. Because if you remember the, the start of the lockdown and the team you and I watched last night, it was given as if Matt Busby said that quote. But it was, of course, uh, chalk steam. But uh, it's a welcome boost. I think this will be a boost for the players. Um, so, Patrick, I think the players came back last week, last Monday, which was, uh, just looking at my calendar, the third um, I'll try and get the year right this week. Hmm. Well, it's, I, I was still stuck in 2021 last week. Um, so they, they came back in the third. Now we chatted about you know Ange having a bit more time uh, with players at Lennox Town. We've not went away anywhere, thankfully though. Um, no howlers to come back from to start a new year off. But we've had this you know week, and it will be two weeks before we play Hibs. What do you expect's been happening in that training ground at Lennox Town? Because I think you know the, the games ratio that we had, especially through December, there's been very little training getting done in terms of the technical analysis on the training pitch, in terms of fine, intricate details. What would you expect's been happening up there for this past week so far? Well, hopefully um, we're working on our set pieces, eh? Get a wee bit working off from the corners because <laughs> listen, we got loads of corners, but hardly any goals from them. So I, I think it is. You know, two two games a week in December, so they've been doing very little training, just video review, basically, when they rest between games. So now, hopefully, working on our set pieces, uh, yeah, integrating the, the new boys and at the side, uh, and just getting his ideas across because he's not had a lot of time to work with the players at all, has he? You know, because we've had so many games the first half of the season, so this is probably his bit, you know, his biggest chance to to have an effect on the players now because we're going to be right back into it again. Uh, you know, we're still in Europe. A lot more than any of us expected when Ange took over. We've got one trophy in the bag, still on the hunt for a, another three. Uh, probably the, the worry on the horizon is, I, th- I think Japan's got the OK to call back the overseas players for games, so we might need to ask for uh, some games to be suspect, yeah, postponed, if that's true, if that happens. Yeah, I'm hoping that we're working on set pieces, especially corners. Yeah, it'd be nice. Afternoon to call when everybody else is wishing us good afternoon. Patrick, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, we'll come on to Chris Julian. I mean, Lawrence over there was, was making the MSN news. What his, his thoughts were on Chris Julian a few weeks back. But um, So Lawrence thinks, you know, he got like particular attention in, in set pieces. I think he's bang on there with video analysis. I think that would have been something that, you know, that have been the, the basis of what was getting done there. Uh, what was your thoughts? Because again, even guys like Joe Hart came in where we were, you know, in a run of fixtures. We were playing a Europa League qualifier uh, the, the day after. 
he arrived at Celtic. So even for guys like this, it's time just to, to spend a bit of time in the training park again, which I think should be an advantage. 100%. Um, and, you know, it can only benefit the players, I think, because we know Andrew's a quality manager. And we know, you know, I'd imagine every single player's bought into to what he's trying to teach and what he's trying to bring to the club. Um, you know, it, I, I imagine some of it will be getting the three Japanese boys uh, familiar with their teammates, with the staff and the routine and stuff like that. But for the rest of them, I think it will it'll give Ange a chance to work in new ideas. And as Lawrence said, a chance to, you know, hone our skills at set pieces because, you know, you're not going to score from a corner every single game, but you can, we can go 10 games at a time without scoring from corners. I think we probably have at some point in this season. Um, you know, you had that really good work free kick um, from Turnbull and Rodjick uh, uh, against Motherwell. Uh, so that was good to see. Hopefully we can work on more of that. Um, but I think if Julian comes back, I, I, you know, we'll probably touch on this later, but I think he could be a, a real benefit to us at set pieces because, you know, Ralston's been our main threat from free kicks and corners. Yeah. And, you know, I think Carter Vickers has got one goal and he scored that with his foot, but Starfield hasn't got any. So it's somewhere that we can definitely work on and I hope Ange's working on it. Yeah, not to, to dwell on this point, but one of our comments are saying they won't get postponed, but there was a, a precedent set. I mean, Lawrence has touched on that a, a few years back when uh, one of the Glasgow clubs was in the, the lower divisions of Scottish football. Um, three players in international duty and they were allowed a, a call-off at the time. So I think if Celtic did want to do that, there was a precedent set you know, four or five years ago um, that that would be the case. Maybe probably longer than that. I lose track of time. What is that? It was nearly 10 years. But there you go. Um, so, losing track of time, gentlemen, where, where does time go? It's when you keep winning trophies and leagues, you, you get lost in uh, time with Celtic. But, Lawrence, on that, um, I think so far, out of three new signings, two of them remain uncapped. Um, they have been part of the squad. It was a bigger squad for their last um, World Cup qualifiers, but even when Kyogo was injured and you know never went away with the national team, neither at the time didn't get called up for it. Although he is the G League top goal scorer, he, he never got called up. So there's maybe potential for two of them to maybe go. Um, but what's your thoughts on these signings? Because you've not been on since we, you know, did run our, our you know, record January transfer windows, not even in January. Uh, for Mayeda, it's going to be really interesting where Kyogo plays because Mayeda looks, you know, is. Are we going to play him through the middle? Maybe push Kogo wider? It's, I, I think he's a cracking signing, you know. The speed he's got, technical ability, it, it, it looks really good. The other two, I'm not too sure. Iriguchi, he's been at Leeds, lost his way. You know, he's been the next big thing in Japan for a while. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he can, uh, he can prove it here. Maybe, you know, uh, you know Ange's got a record of developing players. Hopefully he can do that. Hatate. Yeah, you, you know, you've got to put your trust in Ange, haven't you? You know, the signings he's made, they seem to be good signings. He's improving players here. These are guys that he's going to know really well from his time in Japan. I think they all come in. They're not cost as they are. They've not spent a fortune on them. They won't be on big wages. So it probably fits the model of, you know, selling a few years that we can make money off them as well. It looks like good pieces of business for them. Uh, Kenny, I know Kevin... Take the penalty spot. Told us in August to expect Kenny coming in from League of Ireland. So it'll be interesting to see where he fits in. Mm. 
Yeah, there's a link there to August Patrick, and that's something that even Angie's has touched on in his um, little interview clip that he did speaking about. I think it was Maeda, and that they did look at him in the summer, but you know it was difficult at the time to get a player in halfway through uh, halfway through pre-season. Um, it's a good sign that we're continually wanting to, to pursue targets that the managers wanting to get, and I think time's gone by with Celtic. If we do miss out on somebody maybe in the summer window, that would be it, you know, or until the next. Uh, summer. So what's your thoughts on that? Because I think that's really refreshing to hear the manager come out and say that um, you know we've been looking at players in the summer. If we did, we missed out on them in the summer. We've went back and we've got them in January. Yeah, I mean it's it's really positive because um, you know you're always told that it's really really difficult to get business done in January. Teams don't want to sell. Teams like Celtic don't want to part with huge amounts of money halfway through a season. Um, I think it's good. I mean, we're obviously signing quality players because, you know, you see the, these guys being raved about in Japan. Um, McVie, I think we've all seen that wonderful goal. I think he's going to come in. Um, I'm not sure if any others are close. I know we've been linked with quite a few players. I know there's a guy in, I think it's, is it Saudi Arabia? Uh, Al Ali, the striker, the 23-year-old. Um, I don't know how close that is, but he is posting Celtic tops on his uh, Instagram page. So... I'm sure that will go through eventually. But, um, no, I mean, we've been saying for years, you know, with uh, managers like O'Neill and Rodgers, you know, give the manager a blank checkbook. And it appears this transfer window we have, because we could be sitting here with, with five or six confirmed signings halfway through the month of January. And mm. absolutely nobody would have expected that uh, a couple of weeks ago when Michael Nicholson was made permanent CEO. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember there was a, it was just just before I think the St Murn game or on the, the day the St Murn game that got announced, and it's actually quite funny to go back and uh, look at the some of the tweets under it that they're now because you know so far he's back in Ange and that's everything that we expected and wanted him to do, and you know that should be the job of a Celtic uh, chief executive, permanent chief executive. Um, just on this one, I've put it up there, but I'll bring it up again. Look, uh, Collins just confirmed that as far as the rules go. The SPFL don't need to approve the postponement. It's almost automatically approved if Celtic requested it. It's very clear in that one there, if that was the case. Um, Lawrence, so it's four in now. Um, I do expect Kenny to probably go into the B team, um, like Joey Dawson has. Good result for the B team at the weekend. Um, again, like Joey Dawson, it's, it's shown that there can be a, a pathway there for the guys going into the B team. And although, you know, Kenny might not come in initially right into the first team squad. It's good that we've got that avenue to, to let players go and progress. You know, Toby McIntyre, I think, has been a very similar system to what Andrew's playing, and it's good that we've just got that wee linkage there. Um, what's your thoughts on the, the Lowland League going forward? Because it's something I think we all wanted You know, Celtic to be playing in the lower tiers of Scottish football, but I actually think it's going to get the, the plug pulled on it probably next season that you won't have the two teams in there? For me, you know, I, I would rather go back to the old-fashioned reserve league, but uh, I, I know a lot of the premiership clubs claim they, they can't afford that, but I suppose it's where you spend your money. I think the Lowland League's be, been a bonus, but, you know, at what level are they really playing? You know, how competitive is it? So, yeah, I think it'd be unfortunate if the, the plug does get pulled, but I think it probably will. But for me, I would rather... Yeah, I'd rather just go back to the old reserve league. I think it worked a lot better. It was easier to get, you know, players like Julian that have been out for a year. You could give them five or six games in the reserves. 
you know, at a decent level, he's come up against other Premiership standard players, and it's easy to bleed the young boys in. So that would be my ideal for that. But but on the Celtic tracking players and get back to them, did land McCarthy after thirteen years. So you know, you know it's kind of <laughs> you know. So we, we, we do kind of keep track of them. But listen, it's good under Nicholson. It does seem as if there's been a sea change. As much as people say, you know, nothing's changed. It would appear this transfer window there's been a, a definite change in the January transfer mm. window and how we're doing business. So, you know, hopefully it continues that way. You know, and with Ange, yeah, we're not spent a huge amount of money, but it does appear that we're backing him. You know, you, you, I, think, I suppose we've got to kind of temper it. We're still in COVID. It was a bit of a risk. We, you know, we didn't know if fans were going to be back or not or how it would affect us. So, you know, we spent that money essentially during a three-week shutdown uh, from fans that were unsure how, how long it was going to last. So it was a risk from Celtic's point of view. Maybe look to move a few players on. You know, everybody, would, I think, you know, would agree Barca's time to go. Probably Sorrow. Yet he's injured, so I don't know if we'll, we'll get to move him. But I, I think you know, hopefully Nichols speaking to, Nicholson's speaking to their agents, saying, "Look, find them a club." Yes, um, Patrick. You know, I think you know since Michael's came in as permanent uh, chief executive, it looks good. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Good so far, and you know, long may that continue uh, for the club. But I think also, you know, we were all chatting in the summer about directors of football, etc. It looks from you know on the outside looking in that, that Frank Trimboli and Postecoglou's agent is very heavily involved with the way we are doing business just now. That is a refreshing approach, and it's probably something we should have been doing years ago. That we are. You know, not having Peter Lowell phoning up agents to see what players are available, we're actually going out and, uh, you know, being aggressive in the transfer window, which is something I think we've all loaned for Celtic to do for many years. Yeah, it's almost as if uh, Poster Cobb was the, 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 the football manager and the director of football. encapsulated into one, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, obviously it's working because he's, a pr- he's pretty good at both jobs. Um, the only worry is when he leaves, what do we do? Does the next manager? Do we, do we find a manager who's just as good as Ange? Because I think that's quite unlikely because we, we, we seem to have struck gold here. Um, but, you know, you need to plan for every eventuality. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's been a great window so far. And I think it was the day after St. Norm, uh, Michael Nicholson was appointed, which I think only okay. fanned the flames because that was a really disappointing result. But um, he, he's done really well. And as long as he understands that this is a, you know, this is the standard that we... You know, we aim for as supporters. This isn't like, oh well, we need to treat them well for the first month, and I'll get an easy ride. It's we need to keep up. You need to maintain this standard of um, standard of standard. I suppose you know we, we need to operate ourselves as if we want to progress in Europe. And 
you know, as time gone by, you know, we had the Copenhagen game and we only signed Clamala and Sorrow. And at the time we thought, oh, Celtic are brilliant, we'll beat Copenhagen anyway. But, you know, we've got Bodo Glimt. I think we're favourites for that tie, but we're, we're signing players anyway. We need to sign players to win the league, in my yeah. opinion. So it's good that we're taking these precautions. We're, we're getting ourselves prepared because, you know, if the worst happens, we might have to go to the Champions path and the Champions League qualifiers uh, next season. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't think it will happen. But just need to prepare for every eventuality. Yeah, we should do it. And even on that uh, that path, Lawrence, you know, there is tricky teams in there. There's teams in there I think we'd be in, in a much better place to face now um, with a settled squad. As Patrick touches on there, you know, it's like that old cliche that we used to get from Peter Lowell. You want to come out a, a transfer window stronger. There's been times in the past where we've not did that. We are going to, I'd expect to come out this transfer window a lot stronger than we, we went into it with. But we could all see that the squad was bare bones for for a lot of uh, parts of the season, um, for the first half of the season, that is, just for the way we want to play football. We've picked up a lot of injuries along the way and it was stretched. But, you know, as Patrick touches on there, I, I think, like, I-, I kept saying, you know, once we'd beaten EZ Alkmaar even, that had we played Midland again, as an example, would have been in a much better position. Um, you know, obviously they wouldn't play PSV, it would be a tough test for us, but I would say now this, settled, this Celtic team is much better settled and... You know, whatever way we're going to hopefully approach the Champions League, I think we'd be, you know, placed very, we'd be placed in a good position to, to play some of those teams in the uh, the playoff round. Yeah, I mean, the squad numbers I think are getting where we want it to be. I think, you know, I was hoping to maybe bring five or six in this window. There's still time. We, we've got three first teamers in. Maybe I, hopefully add another two or three. And you'd like to see some of the, I suppose, guys that hasn't worked out for moving on. Especially like Barkas, a year to her going to be on really big wages. So that you know they're a financial drain on us that the, the wages getting spent there can't get spent on new players, you know. And I think both of those players it's just take what money you can get for them and get them off the wage bill. Uh, if you can do that and reinvest it in the squad, you know, uh, Angie's got a, a great idea of the, the type of a player he wants. It seems to be working for him. Uh, so yeah, but you just got to kind of trust him to manage the squad. But we're getting the kind of numbers that we're going to need to see us through a season. Uh, obviously, before uh, Europe, we'll have another transfer window, which is good. Uh, so, you know, hopefully bring in another two or three players this, this transfer window before January ends. And then in the summer, you know, it, it won't be quite as radical an overhaul as last summer. So it might only be maybe two or three first team starters. It'll depend really what's spending money then. And obviously, you know, depending if we win the league, we may have more to spend. We may. I actually go, well, we've got that money coming. Let's speculate some more of it here. Let's see if we can progress further in Europe. Yeah, well, you know, as Patrick says, Bodo Grunt, they're losing a couple of players just now. Um, you know, obviously there's been a lot spoken about, there's been a lot written about the the ties against Roma, but, you know, it's going to be a tough tie. Of course it's going to be a tough tie, but, you know, Patrick's saying that he thinks we're favourites to win the tie. I would agree with him on that one. I think it could be, I'll come to you in this first, Patrick, a really big weight off our shoulder if we can, you know, get past a knockout uh, round tie, two-legged tie against any team in Europe in whatever competition that is because it's been something that's been a burden on us for, I think it's 2004, 18 years that we're coming up for, which is a, a long, long time. Yeah, I think it was, um, might have even been Barcelona, you know. I think yeah. it might have been Barcelona the last time and then we get knocked out by Villarreal and penalties, I believe, uh, which is, you know, just typical Celtic, that really, isn't it? 
Uh, but you know, you guys like Larson, Sutton, you know, big Bobo playing. It's it's a team that you know me and you probably barely remember if remember at all. You know, I only really remember them from charity matches, uh, and that's how long it's been since we've won a knockout tie in Europe. And you know, we've had tough teams. We've had Milan and Barcelona, and you know, these are people who are winning teams that were winning European cups at the time. But on the other end of that, I think we've had winnable ties against teams like Copenhagen and arguably Valencia as well. You know, these are teams I think that we could have beat. Even Inter Milan as well, I think we're quite unlucky when we do uh, do 3-3 at home. You know, a a terrible first 10 minutes. Um, But... That that was uh, a tie, by the way. You know, I think it was Virgil that got sent off over in San Siro, wasn't it? It was. And they they were possibly there for the taking. Um, As mad as that seems, we had a very decent season that season, as much as people... You know, slagged on a dialect setter, you know, a, a dodgy decision away from a, a treble and you know, I think that's a good game to touch on there, Patrick, and that, you know, we were really unlucky against Inter Milan. I will up until February twenty fifteen Inter Milan hadn't beaten us in ninety minutes, so some would say we were favourites going into that time, you know. Uh, but no, I think it's it's definitely a name for me this season, you know. I'd I'd arguably rank it above the Scottish Cup. I know that's hard to do when you're chasing a league and you've already got the League Cup in the bag, but it's such a psychological barrier. This certainly for fans. I don't know how the players are feeling, but I just think you need to win that game. You need to win that tie, and then after that, you could get a really favourable draw because I think it's uh, Europa League drop downs that we draw after that. Um, so you could get a really, really favourable draw and just see what just see where it takes you. Yeah, it just depends on the luck of the draw. But for you know, we know we're going to be playing Bodo Glimt. We've got a lot of time to prepare for it. These weeks will have helped, I'm sure on the training park and we're, we're coming out the transfer window we hope stronger than we went into it so you know the blocks are in place there to, to do well and succeed in this time and hopefully get that weight off our shoulders um, Lawrence on this one one of the comments is coming in to ask who's answer number two it is John Kennedy um, you know at the start of the season I think we were all concerned that Anne Chadwick brought his own backroom uh, staff to the club but we've heard them in interviews say he likes to teach people about his style of football and likes to help them develop just due to his pure love of football. You've seen that in the, the Ryan McGowan um, chat that he did with 67 Hill Hill with Hamish over there. If you've not seen it, check it out. He says that Ange absolutely loves football. This is the type of guy we've got here. And, you know, on the chat of Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, etc., when we're succeeding and winning, it just doesn't seem to be an issue. Is it now just a complete, you know, draw the line under it that this is going to be Ange Postacoglu's backroom staff going forward? I think in the summer Ange was kind of more concerned about getting the team where he needed to be. You know, he had a lot to do. and He said everybody, everybody there, a blank slate, didn't he? So, Gas Rack and John Kennedy, but blank slate, he'll maybe now be looking at that just now and into the summer and he'll be judging them whether or not, you know, he wants to keep them long term and move them on. But I think he's been very fair with everybody saying, look, you know, it's up to you. I'm going to give you a chance, you know, show me what you can do. You know, both of them taking a fair amount of abuse uh, last season when things weren't going well, so they should get, you know, some plaudits when they are going well. But, you know, it's, it's something I, I'd expect fans to be looking at and then making a decision and saying, you know what, these guys are either good enough or not, you know, certainly by the summer. So I, I'll be interested to see what happens in the summer. I think he's done it right. The, the main focus had to be in the, the squad. We were... So threadbare, he had to get that right. He seems to have, 
you know, now you're looking good, right? The squad's looking good. We've got a, an identity as a football club again, you know, a way and a style of playing football that goes right through the club that resonates with the fans, you know, attacking football, everybody loves it. So I, I think he's, you know, ticking things off on his priority list. And yeah, I, I think possibly in the next few months he'll start looking and decide whether these guys are, are going to be his long term men or not. But mm. yeah, so maybe in the summer we might see something change. But we, we don't know, you know, what's going on on a daily basis at, at Lennox Town. Uh, back to Bodo Glunt. I think, yeah, we are favourites. I think they'll be 10 weeks without a game, won't they, by the time we play them? Yeah. So mm. that's got to go in our favour, hasn't it? And you, you know, they've lost their star player as well. So it's hopefully, yeah. you know, we get through and we, we can end up with a, a quadruple at the end of the season. Well, you never know. You never know. Berg that's not quadruple it, treble. Yeah. That's just a quadruple in one season. Mm. I know Celtic fans, you know, we get quadruple trebles and stuff. <laughs> not all clubs yeah. get that. No, no, certainly don't. Uh, I think they're the first to ever do it. Patrick, you know, Berg has left Bodo Glunt, which is going to be a, a major gap in their side. Um, Tony's just reminded us as well. Stephen McManus is part of that uh, coaching uh, staff. Patrick's neighbour from up the road. Um, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully on uh, set pieces, big Stevens, um, show them how to score a, a few headers because um, the big man was not too bad at him. Bad at them himself. Um, Starting off as a striker though, McManus, didn't he? He came through the yeah, ranks, then he was midfield, and then by the time his first team was defence. But who can forget Hearts? Remember? We're getting beat, and he scored two goals away at Timecastle. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Craig Gordon was a goalkeeper for Hearts that day, and he's still back to Hearts. <laughs> it's football revolves in strange circles. Um, <laughs> Patrick, on Stephen McManus, he was a product of the Celtic Youth Academy. Stephen Welsh, similar uh, path to playing first-team football for Celtic. There has been the links with Udinese. Some people, you know, I didn't understand, seem to be really, really excited at the prospect of actually getting them out of the club. Um, but for me just now, Stephen Welsh is our third-choice defender. I think we're in a good position having four centre-halves. I don't expect us to have planned to have lost a centre-half in this window. It's not a position where I think we, you know, needed to, to go out and look at. Um, as a priority, I think a goalkeeper, for instance, is much more of a priority than that. And you know, although I would say everybody at Celtic Park has a price tag, the, the money that was speculated for Wales was just nowhere near the, the asking price. I mean, it did show, I think, a, a good confidence in Scottish football now that Hickey and Henderson's went out to, to Italy and did well in the league in Serie A. But for me, it was a no-brainer that I don't think Stephen Wales should be should be leaving the club unless you're getting offered mad money. No, and I can think of a hundred reasons why we wouldn't sell Stephen Welsh. Um, you know, I think the two main... Uh, people who want to sell him to Udinese have two main points, and that is he's not good enough and never will be, and Celtic need to learn to sell at the right time. I think the problem with those points is that, according to, I think it's a Twitter account called Football Scotland, I'm not entirely sure, the price was one6 now, that wouldn't even pay up his four-year contract, you know, so that's not the right price. Secondly, it's a six-month loan followed by a, a, is it a compulsory option to buy, so we wouldn't be getting the money. We would just be leaving ourselves short for six months. Um, you know, Julian, Julian might not be back for Hibs. If he is, he might not be the same player. Uh, he might not fit Angie's system. So you're effectively leaving yourself with Beaton as your backup centre-half, and we've seen how that goes. On the point of his uh, footballing ability, I would disagree. I think he's he's perfectly competent for a backup centre back at Celtic, and I would encourage everyone to go and read 
Celtic by Numbers, Alan Morrison's um, piece from a few few days ago. He actually published it a few hours before the Udinese link uh, came, came to light. But he said that Welsh is quite competent for a backup centre-half and is improving. You know, he's only been playing first-team football for, I think, 15 months now. Um, to say that he's reached a ceiling, I think, is absolute nonsense. Um, personally, for him as well, he's playing for his boyhood club. He's got a really good manager. He's just bought a house. He's just signed a new long-term deal. I, I have no no idea why people would want to sell him, and I, I just can't see it going through at all either. Lawrence, what's your thoughts on this one? Because even again last season, when they, you know, he came in, he made his debut against Hamilton Ackes, 4-1-1. Um, and, I, you know, he'd been on loan at Morton, they'd called him back. We've seen him then, you know, play in last season's disaster in a number of different positions and a number of different formations with a number of different goalkeepers behind him, which I don't think helped his development one little bit. Um, you know, and in a centre-half partnership at times with the, the captain, of the Republic of Ireland, Stephen Wells to me looked a far better player and more comfortable. What's your thoughts on Stephen Wells going forward here? Because for me, I don't think it would be the right time to sell him to Udinese. And as Patrick's outlined, you know, I think just now he's a third choice centre half, and I think it'd be crazy if we even thought about it. Well, see, he's twenty-one. He's got a lot of development to do. He's got what four years left in his contract. You know, over the next two years, we'd want to see what kind of player he develops into. But bam, you know, a crazy bid coming in for him. I would say that wouldn't be selling him. You know, he's got a lot of potential. He's got some goals for us. The more he's playing, he's talking more in the park. He's certainly grown in confidence. So, you know, we've got the perfect coach who's got a reputation of developing young players. Uh, the type of money that was offered for him is just ridiculous. So, yeah. And as Patrick said, you don't get the money if that deal is rumoured to be true. All they do is get a six-month look at him and then decide if you're getting... You know, they get six months to say, well, is that a five million player we're getting for 1.6 million? <laughs> Basically, that, that, that's what... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm going to be doing. Uh, so the, the deals all kinds are wrong. But yeah, and elsewhere we should be looking, you, you touched on Keeper. Do you think Celtic would go back for... Big Fraser, you know, he's got six months left in his deal. Southampton wouldn't probably be too hard to deal with on that. 
you know, and if we were going to bring him in before, he was obviously he was going to take I'm assuming a substantial cut in what he was on at Southampton and he'd be willing to do that. Maybe that would give you Fraser and Hart as your keepers. Surely that would settle the position for, you know, in the next three years anyway. Yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting one, Lawrence. Um you know, I don't know if I think Fraser Foster for just now would be coming to play he wanting to play, you know, as a starter and I don't think Joe Hart would be too happy with that, you know, having taken the big wage cut to come to Celtic. But yeah, it's an interesting one to be thrown into the mix. I think, you know, there's a link um that Seagrass might be might be off to Rangers. Um that's a player who I would, would have been interested in as a goalkeeper, Seagrest. Uh Marciano's out in, in Feyenoord, I think still there's been multiple links with him in the past before. Um but yeah, I think, you know what, to me a goalkeeper would be much more the priority just now than, than trying to punt um Stephen Welsh. But Patrick, we've signed three players who we all expect to go right into the the squad and probably featured regularly under Ange. One is a player in a Maida who is he knows from his time at Yokohama, out there in Japan, he finished the top goal scorer in the league. Um do you expect him to make his debut next Monday? We'll have a a chat about next Monday because it's now six days away. It's something to look forward to getting back to the football at Celtic Park. Yeah, um, I expect him to play. Yeah, I'm expecting to see. Hmm, I'm not sure who would play in the right, but I'm certainly expecting Maeda on the left and Kyle go through the middle if he's fit. Because I'm, a, I'm sure uh, after St. Johnson, and said it's not a, it's not a worry what he came off with. Um, I'm not sure who would play right wing, but yes, I would expect to see Maeda. And you know, M- Maloney's had a good start at Hibs, but. Hibs at home at Celtic Park, that's a game that you need to be winning. And I think we're all winning, you know. Sorry? It's a bread and butter game. It's games yeah. that you need to win to, to win the championship. Right. Ten games that have eleven at Celtic Park should be bread and butter games, I think. Um yeah, I mean I I'm I'm not sure about Maloney. I know a lot of people quite like him. I personally think he's not done anything special to say that he's going to be a magnificent manager. I think this will be a real big test for him, personally. Um if he succeeds at Hibs, then I think he could be a, a brilliant manager, uh, maybe a future Celtic manager. Um, but yeah, uh, I, th- I expect Maida to start, and I think we'll win the game. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, do expect us to hopefully to win the game. Uh, Lawrence, you know, Maloney's came in two games, won both of them. Mm. One of them a bit dodgy. I mean, Portis, I think, is going to be missing for the game against us after his antics and that game against Aberdeen, and eventually. He went on to score the winner for Highways. Um but I do expect him to come to Celtic Park with a really fresh approach under Sean Maloney. They've brought in somebody from Bodo Glimt. Um his name escapes me just now, but you know, I do expect them to come to Celtic Park. I definitely don't expect him to, to sit in against us and they might be seeking a bit of revenge after the cup final defeat. But, yeah, listen, I think Hibs will have a goal. You know, we've won two, you know, we've got a few. You know, that squad's got to felt they've turned a corner. They've got a new manager to impress. You know, hopefully, you know, if they do open up, it should leave room for us to exploit. You know, Mayuda looks rapid. If he starts, you know, any gap or you'd hope he's another player that can make a difference. You know, we're going to be missing Turnbull. So it's not who's going to play Turnbull's position, who's going to play in the right? Well, you ought to be back. But at least we're starting to get options, aren't we? It's yeah. I think they need to win probably the 18 games we've got left in the league. But that needs to be your target now, isn't it? You know, setting yeah. them down and going, like, you know, we want to win this league. So, 
yeah, I think every game's a must-win game just now. Uh, no. Let's go for the quadruple, beat Hibs, and just start racking up the points again. Disappointment against St Mern, but a cup final hangover. We'd won everything else in December. So, yeah, I think Maloney will come out and put in an attacking team. You know, technically, see, you will have learnt a lot off Martinez at Belgium. You know, they struck up a good partnership when they were there and at Wigan. So, uh, you're, yeah, I'm expecting to be more testing than the Easter Road game, or the first half of the Easter Road game. I think it'll be more testing than that. Uh, but, you know, Ange's got reinforcements in and hopefully they've got a players back to injury. I think Turnbull definitely will still be out, won't he? He's probably yeah, got another month after Possibly two months, yep. Because it was yeah. two months, wasn't it? That's almost a month it passed. Might, so, might be late February before we see David Turnbull, but we've got options in there now, Lawrence, you know, and it's possible that we might have more guys in the door, not that they might start, but we will have options. Well, that's it, you know... I think he's got the three in that he wanted, and maybe now he's got the luxury of the pressure isn't getting the numbers in now. You know, but before it there was pressure on getting numbers in. Now maybe we we do look down south and see who's got six months to go in their contract, so who's worth a chance. Maybe speak to uh, yeah, his agent, Barkas's agent, if we can move them, get somebody in return. Who knows? You know, it, I think he's get things aren't as pressing as they were before the window opened. Really, we, we really needed to get the numbers up, and we done that. Immediately, well, the day before the window opened, you know, it was announced they were coming and obviously registered the next day. So I, I think he's put us in a good position for the rest of the window. We, we get the, the business done early on three. Now, you know, it's not as pressing. If we don't bring anyone else in, it's not going to be a disaster. Well, I do think there will be more to come. Um, Elias Melkerson is the, the chap that, that I have seen. I don't know if you've actually saw the, pa- the, the picture, Patrick, but um, he was getting pulled up. He was cutting about. Edinburgh, and he's got a photo with this big massive hawk in his shoulder, and Martin Boyle was saying, what are you doing, you want to just arrive here, and you're doing something bizarre as this, but there you go. Um, <laughs> but, four in, um, three right in at the first tier, I do expect Patrick, but one man who took us all by surprise was Riley McGee, because I don't think we expected Celtic to go be going out and sign another centre midfielder, but here he is. Um, it makes sense and that Ange plays a very aggressive attack style of football. The midfielders are crucial to what we want to do. You know, he speaks about the midfielders and the defenders giving a platform for the strikers to go and excel on. If we bring McGree in, I do expect Sorrow to possibly leave this window in the summer. It leaves us with probably eight options in midfield. Um, four kind of defensive options, four attacking options. Is that the right balance for an Ange Postacoglu team itself to be free in midfield? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't class just because he plays in a deeper role. I wouldn't class McGregor as a defensive option. Um, no. I know, he, I know he plays in that deeper role, but you're probably looking at five attacking options and three defensive options. Um, and then you know, if Robertson comes back in the summer, I'm, I'm not sure what type of player he is. I don't think he's a defensive player. I think he's more of a box to box player. I mean, I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you, but yeah, I think it is the right balance. Yeah. Um, Especially with Adaguchi, you know it's it's his player. You de- you know that for certain, um, and he seems he seems pretty comfortable. You know we beat on. If I was Ange, I'd get with a beat on after that Mitchell and home game. You know, I know you'd have been <laughs> them after the game at Ibrox oh. last year as well. I, I think everyone would have. Uh, so the the fact that you know he must be doing something in training. He must be. I mean, he's been playing well recently. In fairness, but he seems quite happy with him. Uh, it seems less happy with Sorrow. You know. Just about everyone's getting more game time than that guy. Uh, 
he came in and he, he done all right for a couple of months, but I just don't think he's up to Celtic's quality uh, personally. And like Barkas and probably Bolingoli as well, he's one that you'd look to move on, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, with Bolingoli especially, he came in, he played those two games in October, November, and we all thought he played okay, nothing special, and then dropped again, nowhere to be seen. So yeah, it's 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 a strange one. It's a strange one. But you know, if if we can get McGree in the door, you're you're looking at, you know, eight players for three positions. We shouldn't really have any injury concerns. You won't be able to trust all eight players, obviously, in in big games. But when you're playing, you know, Hibs, Motherwell, Alloa, those types of teams, it should be good enough. And yeah, I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, um, somebody's talking about tactics in four two three one. I think Andrew Steele will be four three three for his. Entirety at Celtic it is his usual formation. It's the one he used in Japan. It's what he used in Australia. He seems to like the four-three-three. A lot of teams across um, Europe use four-three-three. It is a, a style that is favoured. But but Lawrence, it would leave us if McGree does come in with midfield options. Currently, I wouldn't punt Wee Sorrow just too soon because he is still a Celtic player. Of McGregor, Beaton, McCarthy, Sorrow, Roderick Turnbull, Hatati, McGree, and Adiguchi. Um, so it's nine just now with Malia Soros still at the club you know that was the the area I think of our, our team that we could see was bare bones and had anything happened um, at the same time to Turnbull and Rogic we were you know in a crisis basically because we just didn't have an attack midfield option apart from those two uh, and it meant that McGregor was getting switched from playing that kind of more kind of deeper role in the midfield to then changing about etc um, do you think you know, if Soro goes eight players for three positions, it's quite a settled um, place to be in the midfield. Yeah, yeah the thing is, definitely enough cover. You know, uh, you've got a lot of quality in there. Turnbull's going to be out for a while, so yeah, you, you, you've only got three positions. But you know, four three three looks like his formation, but the three five two done okay when he played it. So it, maybe four three three has been has been his formation here for almost every game, just because he hasn't had options. And now starts to give us options, uh, which just due to the size of squad we've been lacking. But, you know, no matter how many you're playing in midfield, you've got to think McGregor's a starter, haven't you? So it, it kind of cut. So it's maybe not nine for three positions, maybe it's eight for two positions, because McGregor starts, let's be honest. And it, the other two positions are up for grabs amongst the eight. It's, so I think that's, that's plenty of cover. Uh, you know, Beaton's. Been a revelation since he, he came into midfield. You know, it's, I thought it was nice. You'd put him up there as one of the best players under Ange so far this season. Yeah. I think with guys like McGregor and Kyogo and stuff, because he really has turned it around. Yep, I mean, last season I said he was the natural successor to Brown. So that could be two year positions going already. Beat on McGregor, then it's. I, I think it's the attacking midfielder. You know, when Tom Rogers on his game, he's unplayable in Scotland, but. If his game drops, it's who do you put in place him? I know Turnbull's out injured, but and I know he's played almost every minute under under Ange. But for me, he's not the answer. But it's possibly he's been getting all those minutes because we haven't had another option. Mm-hmm. And now that we're getting other options, well, now he's injured, but we're going to have to play someone else when, he, when he's not fit. And and hopefully, you know, they're the answer because we get a lot of the ball, when, and sometimes we're not getting the goal returning you'd expect. I think a lot of that's down to the quality of chances it's created. 
Patrick, it's also crucial that these guys coming in from the J-League are up to speed. They've played a full season and that really helps us. It's not a case of you know, getting them in on the, the 31st of, of uh, December and then, you know, it taking two, three weeks to get them up to speed. They will have went straight into training last week and I'm sure fitted in quite the thing probably in terms of the, the training and their fitness and just, you know, being at the same level as the Celtic team. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And, you know, with Kyogo as well, he's basically played a season and a half, you know. I know he's had some time out, but he's he's basically been, I mean, I've not seen pictures of him in training, so maybe he's still on a, a mini holiday because he played those 20, 25 minutes away St. Johnson on Boxing Day and I think he wasn't any Jap- football since then. He was in back Japan, to Japan for a, aye, a break, yeah. Aye, so... Hope he, hope he enjoyed it. Well deserved, definitely. Yep. Um, I hope Celtic I, uh, rolled out the red carpet and sent him a nice five star hotel, etc. And let him <laughs> have whatever he wanted for his dinner. And he, you know, just a uh, luxury car, big limousine, and all that stuff. And make sure that he was well looked after, I think. Because um, he certainly deserves to be. Um, somebody's came in in the comments. Patrick Dolan's come in to ask about Sorrow. Say they would be missed. Who wants him in their team? Patrick McGill wants him in his team because he was making money every week that he played to get booked. <laughs> that was a favourite. Just a twice. Just a twice. I made, uh, I think, Ismalia Soro has helped a lot of Celtic <laughs> fans bank accounts because <laughs> he's always been the favourite oh. to come on and to get booked. Um, I think the betting companies uh, will be delighted he's away. Yeah, they will be. Um, but Lawrence, in big games when, you know, we were never needing to hold out and manage games, I, I think back to the Albatisse but with Sorrow, it's just, I don't know, I mean, you know, would a loan be more favourable or do you think it's just time up and it's, you know, time for us to allow his career to progress because I don't think it's going to progress at Celtic? Not as a defensive midfielder, which is his position, but we're just too well covered. McCarthy's just in the door. I'm hoping he's going to have a good second half of the season. He should be up to speed now. I know he had COVID and he didn't have his pre-season, so hopefully... You know, he's used this break now to get up to speed. You've got Beaton, who's playing well there. McGregor probably plays a position better than anyone else at the club. You, you've got a new Japanese boy, you can play there. When Robertson's come back, he can play there. So, it's, you know, where the sort of fit in, he's, he's probably number six or seven in the pecking order for that position. Mm. When you're that far down, it's, yeah, I, you know, I don't think Beaton, McCarthy or McGregor are going anywhere. So I think, yeah, it's time for Sorry to move on. He's not going to get a chance, is he? he not with us. A loanware option to buy would be brilliant. Maybe we should phone Udinese and just say, look, have you seen Sorrow? <laughs> you know, send him a YouTube uh, highlights and who knows. But yeah, ho- hopefully we've, we've said to his agent, look, probably best to get moved, moved on. Look, there's four or five guys in front of him for his position. Unlikely he's going to play. So... My first option would be sell him, get some money in, free the wages up long term, or it reduces your, your financial commitment. If you can't sell him, yeah, loan him, get him some experience and hopefully get his value up. Yeah, you've touched on that ball and golly, try and get him out. You know, I know a Yeti's injured, but you know, you want to move Ball and Golly, a Yeti, Barcass, and I think Sorrow, if you can move those four out, it frees up a lot of wages. I think, I think Ball and Golly is, is probably on about 12. A Yeti will be on a, a, a fair whack, probably 18. You know, coming from Premiership and Barkas, 12 or 15. You know, I think between the guts, I mean, you're going to be saying 40 grand a week. It could be better used elsewhere. You know, for example, if Big Fraser wanted to come in on 20 grand a week, you know, if you move those four out, there's his wages more than covered. 
Yeah, it, it, you know, I think it just completely depends, but there needs to be a right balance stock here, and I don't think the the full clear out um, of players that we do expect. I mean, like Ayeti, I think Lawrence is a prime example of that. It will be in really good money at Celtic. He came from West Ham United up here, and Patrick, I don't think he will manage to, to punt Albia Yeti this window just due to that injury that he picked up against Real Betis. No, I think the only time we've sold an injured player is Kevin Tierney, and it's fair to say a Yeti's not of the same level as Kevin Tierney. Don't um, think he could lose his boots. <laughs> no, he's, he's probably in more money, which is it's, it's like a crime, that really, isn't it? Mm. But um, no, I, I don't think we'll, we'll be seeing him leave. Um, hopefully, we can get the, the league wrapped up in April and give him a few uh, dead rubber games in May in preparation for our uh, Europa Conference League final. Um, try and get I like the positivity. The <laughs> like the positivity from you two guys today, by the way, with this contract. I think, you know, well, Patrick and I are hoping you're going to speak to the president to secure our a few tickets. tickets, mate. Yep, I've talked to my contacts in Albania for you boys, no bother at all, no bother at all. Um, that would certainly be something if we were all ended up heading over there. Um, we're a bit uh, strange feeling because me and Patrick were, I was three and Patrick was two the last time, Celtic were in a and European final, so yeah, it'd be nice for us to kind of remember it um, this time round. So fingers crossed, we'll see how the the, the draw goes, etc. Um, but back onto the uh, recruits from the, the J League. He'll come to you one in, in this floor and say, Adeguchi, you know, has played at, at Leeds, and his career never really took off there, and he returned back to his homeland eventually. Um, do you think it will help him that he's, you know? probably climatised a wee bit to, to the UK in terms of coming over here. He's already made that step, so that won't really be a, an issue for him. No, I believe it rains a lot in Leeds too, so yeah, it should be settled right into Glasgow. But yeah, I mean, he's a player that he's looking to rescue his career, isn't he? You know, he has been tipped for is it the next big thing to come from Japan for, for a number of years. And obviously he's seen him at close quarters and believes he can, he can do something with him. So let's hope he's right but yeah he's going to be he used to the, the the UK culture as such but he's got a couple of compatriots here as well maybe he'll help him settle too you know it's not going to go amiss you know Kyogo being there and, and being a success maybe puts a wee bit of pressure on the other Japanese boys it's because let's be honest you know after Kyogo you're expecting oh, at least one of these boys has got to hit this out you know I, I think Maeda's I know MD looks good on YouTube but uh, the boy just looks phenomenal, especially you know when Ange talks about it, it's in the transition, it's the speed of transition and the movement. It's just absolutely rapid, my ear, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I can see him for the pressing game. It, he presses really quickly in transition. Him and Corgo, I think, will just be fantastic. Yeah, I, I certainly think it's going to be interesting to watch those two, and hopefully, by the time uh, Jota returns to the team, he might be permanently our player. It looks as if that deal is edging ever closer. Um, those candles that I'm lighting every week in the chapel seem to be working. It's um, <laughs> only working for a title. Um, Patty, again, we're going to be linked. I mean, it's only the, the 11th of January today. We're going to be linked with a, a multitude of players throughout this window. Um, if there is anything in the link with the the striker whose name I, I'm not going to attempt to uh, say because I'll probably make another mess of it, Lawrence, you want to have a go? No, I'll leave it to you. No. Listen, there's only one uh, striker I say, it's Galabadarichichi, but, uh, you know, that's for the <laughs> ladies' team. 
<laughs> um, but Patrick, if we brought in another striker, you know, what, what does that then mean for maybe guys like George's G. Kimakis? Because, you know, it's still not really taken over him yet. He's back in training, probably be on the bench next Monday evening. Um, we'd like to see something from him, but if we do bring in another striker, is it something you'd maybe think's favourable? Because at this point in time, we only really got two. I know Maida can play up top, but we only really do have two at this moment in time. I know Ayeti's there, but we're not really counting him, are we? No, we're not. Um, I don't think it's it's a worry for Yakimakis if another striker were to come in, because I think you should have three strikers. You know, whether you're playing one, two, or three up top, you should have three strikers at your club. And you know, Griffiths just not happening. Not not happening. He cannot come back. Um, Afalabi, I think I'm right in saying he's got six months left yet to make a first team appearance. Didn't impress at Dundee. I'm not sure where that's going to go. Uh, and then a Yeti, you know, it's definitely not worked out. Just sell him for whatever money you can as soon as possible, really. So I, d- I don't think it's I don't think you're you're wrong to bring in another striker. Um, I know Maeda can play there. I think he probably will actually. Um, whenever Kyogo needs rested, because mm-hmm. we are quite well covered in the wing positions. You know, you're going to have Jota, who he can play either side, but you're wanting him on the left wing. It's his best position. And then out in the right, you know, you've got Kyo, eh, not Kyogo, eh, Abada, Forrest, and Karamoko. You know, I think Karamoko might move on in the summer, um, but. You know, for the next six months, you're well covered in those areas, and it seems funny to say that after the the first half that we've had this season with all these injuries. But you know, I I, I think if you bring in that striker, I think that's you covered up top because uh, you've got at least two options in every position. Hmm. Um, I'm just I'll say his first name. It's, it's maybe we'll stick to, but he can play in the left wing as well. Um, but he's. You know, Ange spoke about Iran, uh, I think, in a post-match or in a press conference. And again, it's really refreshing that we are looking at these leagues. He has tipped as, you know, the Iranian wonder kid, etc. It would be another ambitious uh, signing. And again, I think his versatility in that he can play out on the left-hand side and he can play as a second striker or as a lone striker um, would suit us to an extent. Um, Lawrence, do, do you think there's, you know... The striker is a position that we should be looking at to get somebody else in. Listen, we had to play Joey Dawson because we're so short, short in that mm. department. So, listen, I think Joey Dawson acquitted himself well, but you know he's a, he was brought in as development squad player or Colts or whatever we want to call it. So, I think without doubt we need to bring someone in. Yakimakis, uh, it's not happened for him yet. A lot of injuries, then a pre-season. So, he's another one you're, you're hoping that can be fit for the the business end of the season and hopefully producing that but without doubt it's someone we need another body in the door who it's going to be I don't know but you know we'll trust in Ange that he knows the type of player he wants and who to bring in and that hopefully Michael's there to get the deal over the line before the end of January Yeah well going for the track record so far it looks as if anything that we're wanting done I think that the initial bid if I'm made, he's been rejected, but if fans want some and ourselves that continue the way we're doing these dealings, I would expect him to possibly um, come into the club. Patrick, but the money for, for Rayleigh McGree, who obviously, you know, one of Andrew's compatriots, you'll know Tom Rodick um, also. Um, so again, it lets him settle in a wee bit easier than it would be if there was nobody else there. Um, looks as if it might be about three million quid. Again, it's. 
a real sign of you know, things to come under hands that were out and and signing a player or the quality of him and we're spending a bit of money on him. I mean, this would be the, 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 the most expensive deal. Um, just due to the fact, you know, I think it was Dan over in the, Japan said that um, it was one of the biggest heists since uh, Brexit found out what Brexit meant. Yeah, um, I think he said, you know, Idiguchi was fair value, but sorry. the other two were... Aye, yep. aye. Idiguchi was fair value, but the other two were absolute robberies. And yep. I think people said back in... Back in July, that you know Kyogo was that way as well. You know, he, he wasn't actually expecting Ange to sign Kyogo. He was expecting him to go for Maeda first, but um, Kyogo at four million is another another steal. So, no, it's it's good. Um, you know, these are markets that I think we we speak about this every week. You know, these are markets that other clubs seem to ignore. You know, everyone's constantly looking in at Europe because that's where you know allegedly all the best players play. But if we can find these gems you know, the other side of the world, it's well worth it, even with the 10-day isolation and, you know, the, the the season being a different time and all that, but you know, just thinking forward to the summer, you know, next season's going to be quite weird because you've got the, the World Cup in Qatar in November and December, so mm. it, it's going to it's going to become really strange next season for every every team. Um, so, if you operate on a sort of global basis, you know, especially that that the striker that we're allegedly signing, he's got 1.8 million Instagram followers, you know. Celtic's social media team are probably looking at that and going, you know, the potential here, the untapped potential is unbelievable because you've got the whole of the Japanese market to exploit, not exploit, but use to your advantage, and then this guy's 2 million Instagram followers, you know. It, it's it's good to set Celtic up on a global stage because I think that's why we often fall down against Premier League sites, you know. Their, their branding is absolutely worldwide and I think it's time that we need to start looking further afield as well. Yeah, and Lawrence, you know, we're spending money like it's going out of fashion just now. I think we could probably recoup that quite easily if we, you know, if CMAD comes in. There's potential to do the the pre-season in, in three countries. I know, you know, COVID will still be with us then. Um, I don't know what point we will be with this pandemic by the summer. Um, but I certainly think Celtic going to Japan, Australia, if Mady comes in uh, there, over there, would be, you know, certainly Japan and Australia has two big draws in terms of marketing and everything else that the, the club is doing. And the club's really doing a good job with the, the Japanese Twitter account just now, which got an incredible amount of followers. Um, you know, building to carry in the team for doing that because it must be quite difficult to get the balance right with different time zones, etc, etc. But, you know, we're attracting a big audience in Japan and in terms of marketing the football club, we're doing a pretty good job at it just now. Yeah, no, without doubt, but uh, I'd be loath to think of that played any part in the signings. I, I want it well, just to be judged on football ability and that yeah, just to be a spin-off benefit of it. You know, I know when Nakamura was here, uh, the size of press room, the Petty Celtic Park just for the Japanese journalists was huge. It was the biggest press room, the bigger than English-speaking press room. So, I'd expect it's going to go back to that kind of level. Uh, another tour of Japan in the summer. Could we get the, the season not extended, finishing on a Thursday? Possibly because we've got three games suspended because we've had players well, away. I heard you're taking <laughs> part of it anyway. Could you know somebody in every country across the world anyway? <laughs> My cousin Charles used to live in Japan. He was uh, <laughs> vice president of the Atomic Energy Association out there. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, we could do that. and Maybe stay with my, my cousin Scotty in Melbourne. Uh, yeah, so we go. Yeah, it would be good. But, you know, do a wee tour, ask him on tour, cover the team, cover the camp. 
Uh, and obviously that would be a, after you'd uh, arranged the Albanian tour. That's it. Or, yeah, or the after I've been to the, the final. Yeah. Staying in the presidential no palace. No, why not? Um, but That's Patrick, a commitment live in Patrick. So, you know, Declan can't yeah. back out. To the <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, you know, absolutely Lawrence, we should only be signing players for the football ability 100%, but it is a nice added bonus and it's certainly in terms of recoup money back, it would be quite nice actually. And by the way, I'd really like to go to Japan, so, or or Oz, so Celtic are thinking about it, go for it, because uh, I think a lot of folk could be interested in that and we're, we're building up a, a big support over in both countries. Patrick, we will not be on until after the Hibs game, hopefully we're on talking about a victory at Celtic Park against Sean Maloney's Hibs. What team do you expect to go out next week against Hibs? What would be your starting 11? I'll come to you um, after Patrick Lawrence. You'll, uh, you'll need to correct me on any injuries that I've, I've mistakenly okay. uh, selected, but I'll go for Joe Hart, uh, Taylor, Carter Vickers and Starfelt, um, Jovanovic, um, McGregor, Hatati and Rogic, Maeda, Kyogo, oh, and probably Abada, you know, got to, got to pick Abada. I don't know if Forrest is fit or not, but I think it's, it's Abada anyway. Lawrence, agree with that? Any changes to that? Oh. Keep on the back four, I think. I'm with that. I'd maybe put beat on McGregor, Roger. Poor, poor Tony Ralston, eh? Don't listen, throw ready. Listen, I'm not going to the front three, mate. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, though, Kyogo, uh, Maeda, and hopefully Yota will be fit for it if Yota was fit and start him out in the right. Yeah. yeah, it'd be nice to get him back, um, but I probably would tend to agree with Patrick. I think we're but we've got um, there as probably the, the best selection. Um, I am being reminded that Celtic already do have a big support. and always, of course, they do. And a couple of our legends do live over there. Um, I still keep in touch with Willie Wallace over there, who's been over there, I think, since uh, the late 80s. We were spending over there with his wife, Olive. And, of course, the, the maestro Paul McStay's over in us. Um, and Scott, Scott McDonald, managing over yeah, there in Melbourne. over there, he's managing over there in Melbourne, that's right. So, George yep, O'Sanders' granddad started South Melbourne, where obviously Ange went his trade. So, there we go. The Greek yeah, goes like, there we go. That is it. Yep. Um, but we'll see what awaits us next week. Hopefully, you know, there's a, more, a few more bodies in the door at Celtic. And we're on next week talking about a victory. Thanks to everybody who has commented today. Hopefully it's good news in half an hour and we're back to full capacity stadiums and cheering on the hoops once again. So thanks to everybody for tuning in and joining us on a Celtic State of Mind. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is a 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.